Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This will be from Micah chapter 4. The heading reads, In the last days the temple shall be built, Israel shall gather to it, the millennial era will commence, and the Lord will reign in Zion. Good days ahead. But uh, Verse 1, But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow un- in- unto it. The Salt Lake Temple in the conference center, President Hinckley said uh, that that was fulfillment of the prophecy, is the building of those things. Uh, notice that the, it says that the people shall flow unto it, and anything that goes up the mountain of the Lord uh, is a miracle. So the establishment or the creation or the gathering of Israel will be a miracle in the last days. Also notice when it says in the top of the mountains that the word Utah actually means tops of the mountains. Um, and so that's, uh, again, fulfillment of prophecy that the building of the Salt Lake Temple is the mountain of the Lord's house. Verse 2, And many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Harold B. Lee gave the following commentary on these verses. With the coming of the pioneers to establish the church in the tops of the mountains, our early leaders declared this to be the beginning of the fulfillment of the prophecy that out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. I have often wondered what that expression means, that out of Zion shall go forth the law. Years ago, I went to the brethren to, with the brethren to, to the Idaho Falls Temple, and I heard in that inspired prayer of the First Presidency a definition of the meaning of that term. Out of Zion shall go forth the law. Note what they said. We thank thee that thou hast revealed to us that those who gave us our constitutional form of government were wise in thy sight, and that thou didst raise them up for the very purpose of putting forth that sacred document. We pray that kings and rulers and the peoples of all nations under heaven may be persuaded of the blessings enjoyed by the people of this land by reason of their freedom under their under thy guidance and by constrained and be constrained to adopt similar governmental systems, thus to fulfill the ancient prophecy of Isaiah and Micah that out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So what's happening or what will happen is that eventually the law will go forth from Jackson County, Missouri. That will be the um, the civil or the government of the land will come forth from um, Missouri and the, the church headquarters will be from Jerusalem in, in the old country. All right, verse 3, And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. The Lord will judge in righteousness, and the people will be at peace. This is a millennial experience here. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts hath spoken it. The people will rest in their own inheritance." For all people will walk after one of in the name of his God, and we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. With the advent of the messianic kingdom, all nations will worship the Lord. Until then, the children of Israel shall worship the Lord undaunted. Verse 6, In that day, saith the Lord, will I assemble her that, ha- that halteth, or that is lame, and I will gather her that is driven out, and her that, it, that I have afflicted. And I will make her that halted a remnant, and her that is, was cast off, 
or was cast far off for a, of a strong nation. I didn't read that right. And her that was cast far off a strong nation, and the Lord shall reign over them in, in Mount Zion from henceforth even forever. Israel will be gathered in the last days. Notice what it says, and her that was cast far off a strong nation. So as the pilgrims and those from uh, Europe came to America, they were cast off and then they became a strong nation. Verse 8, And thou, O tower, the towers and palaces left desolate will be restored. O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, Jerusalem, unto thee shall it come, even the first dominion, the kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. The messianic kingdom of David will be restored. Now why dost thou, not, why dost thou cry out aloud? Is there no king in thee? Is thy counselor perished, for pangs have taken thee as a woman in travail? Either they have no leaders, or the leaders they do have are worthless." The text draws its theme from Leviticus 26, where the curses for disobedience are given. Verse 10, Be in pain and labor to bring forth, O daughter of Zion, like a woman in travail. For now shalt thou go forth out of the city, and thou shalt dwell in the field, and thou shalt go even to Babylon. There there shalt thou be delivered. There the Lord shall shall redeem thee from the hand of thine enemies. Micah used the figure of travail, the anguish of labor through which a woman brings new life into the world, to illustrate that Judah would bring upon herself the pain out of which would eventually come a new life in the Lord. Shortly, she would be driven from her city and find herself a captive of Babylon. This prophecy is amazing because Assyria was mistress of the world in Micah's day, Babylon being only a province in Assyria. This part of Micah's vision projected nearly 130 years into the future, but time is nothing to a prophet. Then, looking several millennia into the future, Micah saw Israel return in the strength of God. Verse 11, Now also many nations are gathered against thee that say, Let her be defiled, and let her eye, let our eye look upon Zion. But they know not the thoughts of the Lord, neither understand they his counsel, for he shall gather them as the sheaves into the floor. The Gentile nations will do God's work, even though they may not know it. This sounds like the gathering of the nations at Armageddon too, doesn't it? Verse 13, Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will make thine horn iron, and I will make thy hooves brass, and thou shalt beat in pieces many people, and I will consecrate their gain unto the Lord, and their substance unto the Lord of the whole earth. Using the symbol of horns like iron and hooves like brass, he predicted that Israel would trample her enemies as easily as an ox threshes grain. This passage has great significance for Latter-day Saints because Jesus referred to it when he visited the Nephites. After speaking of the gathering of Israel in the latter days, Jesus used Micah's prophecy to depict the kind of destruction that awaited the Gentiles of that period if they did not repent. And that's in 3 Nephi chapter 20. So that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.